Hello there and welcome to another episode of the Long Live Rock and Roll podcast. To my right, as usual, is my co-host, Mr. Felipe Amorin. How's it going, man? All good. How are you guys doing? Uh, there's no uh, coffee or beer today. Wow. Because I had actually had so many coffees. I had four <laughs> yeah, coffees we've, today. We've recorded, we're doing this thing now where, because we haven't, not taught, we haven't toured together for a while, no, we haven't no, played no, together no. for a while. We've got another one coming up in September, but... Um, we're getting together. I'm coming to London once a month. Felipe comes to me. Uh, so I go to London one month. Felipe comes to me the next month. I go. And we just record a bunch of episodes in the day, really. But Felipe's had four coffees four already coffees today. And, uh, we're um, full on. <laughs> we, we had and one of them was double espresso. Yeah. So you can count as, as, as five coffees. <laughs> we, had, really. we had breakfast together this morning with two mockers each. Yeah. Then Felipe got home and we got he had a double espresso. Then we had an espresso before the first episode. Episode we recorded. Yeah. We had an espresso before the second episode. Now this is the third one we're doing. So if I'm overexcited, <laughs> uh, I he's bouncing the off the walls. Yeah, so I've yeah. got to keep him keep him restrained. So as there's no beer, no coffee, I'm gonna uh, get the show started with sparkling water. Rock and roll. <laughs> Rock and fucking roll. Yeah. Anyway, welcome bottle. to the show. I intend to drink it by the end of the. It's day. a hot day. Yeah. You should. Yeah. Well, well, welcome to the show, everyone. And. Um, Today we are discussing an album, it's an album specific episode, and this one, funnily enough, actually was my uncle who kept saying to me, ah, when are you going to do this album? So, I thought it'd actually be interesting just to say quickly that with 20 episodes into our podcasting career now, um, I think what we, we found this nice balance of Felipe choosing a band, me choosing a band, Felipe choosing an album, me choosing an album, and I like the way that we're doing these episodes, I like the flow of them, I like the, what we talk about, so I'd actually like to open up the floor to our listeners. Um, at the bottom of the show notes is our email address. If there is a band or an album that you would like us to discuss, uh, you know, do a whole episode about, please get in touch and let us know. Um, we're willing to take these requests now. Listen, down the line, I would love to do an album about why the rapper Notorious B.I.G. is rock and roll, in quotation marks, but let's keep it proper rock for now, <laughs> whilst, we, whilst we're still in the early days. You know. So don't, don't, don't be sending us stuff of why is Justin Bieber rock and roll in the pop industry, you know. <laughs> let's keep it rock and rock and roll related now, the, the normal bands and albums we're doing. Um, but I think please. Miles Davis is quite rock and roll, but... Well, Maybe. But, but please, please do get in touch. We, we'd yeah. love to hear about what albums and bands you guys want us to discuss, and we'd be more than willing to do it. So please um, get in touch. The email address is at the bottom of the show notes, and let us know what you want to hear about. Um, as I said, today is an album episode, and we are doing Van Halen by the band Van Halen. Surprise. And um, two guys in the band of with Halen. a surname called Van Halen. <laughs> oh. Doesn't get more Van Halen than that. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from that, his son is called Wolfgang Van Halen, That's which it. I think is the most rock and roll name. It is. Um, he plays bass for them now. Or no, he died, didn't he? So, but uh, um, but yeah, Wolfgang Van Halen now plays bass in the Van Halen band. Yeah. I don't know what's Was playing until until Eddie until died. Eddie died recently. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, so this album, uh, released in February 1978 and recorded in September of 1977 in Hollywood. Interesting, it's only 35 minutes long. It's a short album, isn't it? it? Is I've listened to all of it this morning. It's like, oh, is, is that it? Yeah. I want more. <laughs> well, it, it, it doesn't disappoint, does it? It leaves no. you wanting more, and that's not no. a bad thing. Um, I think an interesting thing, if you type this album into Google and look for articles about it, I think one very interesting and consistent thing you'll see is that 
This album is actually credited with being the beginnings of glam rock, glam metal, pop metal, you know, that sort of vibe. Um, I think if you look at the band, if you look at the album cover, and yeah. you listen to the music, it's quite evident and obvious to hear where bands like White Snake, Guns N' Roses, Poison, all got their image and sound from. Yeah, it is that was, a fair comment? It is, but if well, that's '78, right? Yeah, so they, it's early it's yeah. before those bands. All that stuff that people were wearing on the '80s wasn't maybe wasn't available yet. So when you see Dave Lee Roth and and um, and Eddie uh, with those uh, colorful outfits and stuff, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's the beginnings of that. Really. It is. Yeah, it's yeah. not like it's not like full on glam. No, and I wouldn't call them a glam rock band. Uh, they were so much more focused on the music than the visuals, but mm. the visuals were important. I mean, uh, it was their image, wasn't it? it was yeah, the photo yeah, shoots, yeah. the videos, and the fact that the album cover features them playing live, or they are in the studio pretending to to be doing a gig, but looks like a band on stage. I did want to talk right. about the album cover. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, because I haven't seen anything like it from before that time. No, no, no. You, see, you see the Beatles, you know, yeah. the Beatles in their suits, all posing at a park. I've yeah. never seen the energy. Yeah. Is a, that the original album before. cover, though? Is it? That's, I, that's don't, I haven't seen any other is. ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that's it's the one. So much. I've never seen the energy. The, band's logo. the only one I can compare it to is the Elvis album we did. Remember where he's playing the yes, acoustic guitar? The acoustic Fantastic, guitar. but great album artwork. And I love the logo of the V and the H. It's very cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, should we get started? Yeah. Uh, I thought the production, just to talk about the production of it quickly, is really interesting. I mean, the producer was a guy called Ted Templeman, and. It's a very polished album. I love the production. Album. It's yeah. beautiful, isn't it? Because you've got this fantastic... Throughout the whole album, each chorus is a three-part harmony. You've got the yeah. three of them singing beautifully written harmonies, and they're perfect. Remember we spoke about the band a few episodes ago, and we talked about their harmonies? But their harmonies, intentionally, were a bit loose. Yeah. They weren't always in time, but that's because of the vibe they were going for. Yeah. This is polished harmonies with a raw, live, hard rock band, isn't it? Which almost doesn't, it shouldn't fit. But it does. It does, exactly. And it's yeah. funny because uh, um, I didn't hear many guitar overdubs. They pretty much sound like a live band sound. Well, that's, they recorded it as a trio with oh, the yeah, bass, guitar it. and drums in that's one room it. and David Lee Roth in another room doing the vocals. So that's recorded live. The only live, thing they added was some guitar overdubs. Yeah, it's as good as a live album. Yeah, and it's fantastic because the the tightness of that album, of this album, is just magnificent, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. W one thing that has to be said is like the 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 Van Halen brothers are geniuses, really. Yeah. Like those the way the way they play in, their instruments. Uh, you might not be familiar with this, but Eddie Van Halen I was am, initially say a drummer, <laughs> and and Alex was initially a guitar player, and, and until they figure out they could play. Uh, each other's instruments uh, better. <laughs> Do you know so what happened? Have you no. read more into this? No. <laughs> As they started, so wait, Eddie was the drummer, Alex was the guitarist. Yeah. They both kept, when they were out of the house, they both kept touching each other's instruments. So whilst, right, let me get this right, whilst Alex was out of the house, Eddie nicked his guitar oh, and they kept getting pissed off at each other for using each other's instruments so they just got to a moment where they were like should we okay. just swap just, just swap yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good, for, good for the world of music good for rock and roll yeah. yeah fantastic story yeah sorry please yeah. carry on but yeah that. but they're like so good uh, uh, like and 
Alex Van Halen is, is kind of underrated as, as, as a rock drummer. Sometimes people never, people wouldn't mention him amongst the, you know, the maybe top five or top ten rock drummers. Do but, you think he has a place there? Oh, God, yeah. Really? Okay, He's so good. He, his knowledge of jazz and Latin music is amazing. He was such a great musician. He's such a great drummer. Are there any examples off the top of your head we can put in the playlist for uh, listeners? Any, well, other, from, any other stuff the, he's done? I wouldn't say specifically from this album. No, no, no. Uh, he incorporates those elements into rock oh, music. It's not okay, like great. you're not going to. I'm not sure if he ever recorded a jazz album, Latin album. Right. But some of the stuff he plays on the right cymbal and some of the, the, the swing he adds to the, to the groove, even when he's playing like double, double kick, which is quite heavy metal he plays with a blue swing with a you know triplet feel shuffle feel so it's really really interesting uh he brings a lot of that into into his music and eddie van Halen, because of the distortion on his guitar you wouldn't find you wouldn't identify too many elements outside rock because of the sound of it yeah but he does have influence of of of, of different styles of like I'm talking about acoustic, eddie now. Eddie, yeah yeah acoustic guitar and all this stuff classical guitar probably and and it's all in there. And the thing is, they uh, um, uh, we, we were talking to a friend of ours earlier today, Felipe Drago, who lived in LA and studied music there. One of his teachers saw the Van Halen brothers jamming at a club after one of their gigs. And they said it was phenomenal playing uh, Eddie on drums and Alex on guitar. And then yeah. they swapped and they played fusion. They played like... He said it was as good as uh, Maravishno Orchestra or all wow. that kind of stuff that you see like fusion jazz players doing. As complex and beautiful uh, and interesting as as any sort of advanced instrumental music if yeah. you think of. So they were really phenomenal. They are. I mean, talking you about Alex is still album. Yeah, phenomenal. Phenomenal musicians. Yeah. <laughs> this is about this is what, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But then you think about this, this album... It's very straightforward, isn't it? Mm. If you obviously you can tell how fantastic the guitar playing is, but isn't it in terms of style of playing? Sometimes so, just playing basic riff. So innovative, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, what did you? No, I'm saying I'm saying like, although there is like all the the innovation and all the complexity of the guitar playing, it's mostly straightforward hard rock with simple yeah. riffs. Yeah, yeah. The riffs. And that's not yeah, that's and easy, that, but it's simple. But that's there's a there's a fantastic. It's almost um, it's almost conflicting because, like you said, there's simplicity in the riffs, and then all the shit he does on the guitar, it's, all the the all, solos so, and the effects. And yeah. There's this thing called a dive bomb, which is a, a technical. Well, I don't know if it's technical. It's a slang term for guitar, which is where you play a pinch harmonic. Now, for those who don't know what pinch harmonic is, it's it's resting your finger on the string above a fret, and it is literally pinching and plucking the string of a guitar and instead of getting a note like da you're going to get a it's like a whistle it's like a like that now you can just get the noise of the pinch which is and then if you do your whammy bar after playing it it goes and that's called a dive bomb and you hear it so many times throughout the album that's his signature stomach yeah Yeah. throughout the album there's so much shredding but my point is is the dive bombs the shredding the sweet picking the fast solos contradicts the simplicity of the riffs but it works well um, do you know I'm a big fan of words what do they actually mean simple doesn't mean easy no that's true simple yeah. is simple easy is something yeah. else. so I suppose if, you could say it's simple if the drum bass and rhythm guitar are playing simple things 
Yeah, I think then it's, it is a simple element to add a complicated instrument like a lead guitar. Yeah, yeah, and I think what they achieved with the album is okay. You can listen to it as a musician or a or someone who appreciates uh, complexity in in music or, yeah. or in, in instrumental parts and say, "Wow, this is really interesting. This is that there's so much innovation that's so different from everything I've heard before." But the main thing is you're going to have a good time. And you, you're gonna enjoy. You're gonna dance and gonna shout when you're listening yeah. to it. And that's what I, I think. That's what rock music is all about. It's about entertaining people, have a good time. And uh, I think they've achieved that. And I would say that a big part of that is the vocals, because Dave Lee Roth. Is, yeah, I'm obviously I'm chatting, chatting really good this morning. I, I forgot mm. who else David Lee Roth was. It Deep Purple? No, no. Uh, what what did he mean? sing for? No, he had his his solo band after. Yeah, that. has he not been with another famous band? Not quite sure. Okay, all right. I, I could have sworn he played with someone. I don't know, like White Snake or someone. No, I don't think he ever played with uh, uh, with. Another Anyone else? Noise, okay. as big as but I, I agree. I might the, be the wrong. Do your research. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell yeah, me. That, I don't that'll teach know. me. Yeah. Um, vocals are a really important part of the album because I think that offers um, each instrument presents a different kind of style on this album. I feel the yeah. bass is quite metally. I feel the lead guitar is quite metally. I feel the rhythm guitar is very rocky. The drums are pretty rocky, and his. Vocals, I can't think of anyone else except Ian Gillen when he does those screams. Yeah, like it's from interesting. It's aggressive, right? Yes, and yeah. It's, but it sounds to me, and I know he was a big fan of uh, parting really hard and stuff, <laughs> so it does it does sound to me like that is the kind of vocals that is in, it, it intends to invite you to part hard, yeah. uh, party hard. And, uh, and uh, it's, it's, it's about, you know, as I said, he shouts. I mean, in a technically acceptable way. It's not. <laughs> it's not out of key. No, yeah. yeah. Not, but that's the rock and rollness of it. It's not right. perfect. You know, it's not. He, he's shouting, but he's got the technique. He's got everything. Yeah. But it makes it accessible. The way he sings, he communicates with everyone. It's easy to understand. The melodies are fairly simple. Again, simple. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. The melodies are very straightforward. And they use the harmonies as well. So there's some elements of like, let's put it like that, uh, commercial music in there, like the vocal harmonies and. I think that's what and, his voice offers. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? That's what it yeah. brings to this to this concoction. Yeah. So Eddie Eddie could be playing something extremely complex on guitar, but the main melody of the song and the lyrics are still straightforward. Can Can I mention the fact that the title of the first song is really rock and roll? <laughs> it is. Yeah. I mean, running with the devil. And it's so epic as well. I feel the way the song builds up because you've just got that bass, and you, the bass and the drum. It's like dun dun dun, and the guitar comes in. It's just layer by layer. Yeah, I would even dare to say that sounds a bit like ACDC because of the tempo and the fact that the bass and the drums are simple and solid. Yeah, I can see behind that. Yeah, you know, not stylistically, but in my notes, I had the I felt running in the devil. I had a quite just just the bass and the drums. I thought it was quite metal. Just very aggressive. Yeah. Dun, dun. Maybe it's because I was listening to the tone of the bass. Yeah. Which is very mid-rangey, very aggressive. You know, quite you like a lot. the bass, don't you? Oh, wow. Well, you're on the bass player. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the one thing I wanted to say before we start sort of talking about some of the songs we like is that I think what... 
So another hugely important element that I don't think we've mentioned is that this is their debut album. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and to come out with an album as good as this, with 11 songs as good as these, on your debut album for the first it's, try... It's not for everyone. And I would mention that, like, the first three songs are completely insane. Because Running of the Devil, apart from, you know, the rock and rollness of mentioning the devil yeah. in a song... And every single thing about it is rock and roll. It's mm. pure rock and roll. The big, long, held guitar chords. It's, it's riff-based. The guitar is in your face. The vocals are shouting. And the groove is, is dense and, and, and heavy. And then you have Eruption, which is basically just guitar. Mm. Is, it a, is it really a song? Yeah. Or is it just a bunch of guitar noises in there? How much of that was actually written and prepared? How much is improvised? What, what is that track? What is that track? What do you think about it? Well, you might remember, and our listeners might remember, that back, all the way back in episode three, where we spoke about Led Zeppelin 2, yeah. we spoke about the song Heartbreaker, yeah. which uh, Jim Page, after the first verse and chorus, or the second verse, uh, the song takes a break and Jimmy Page just does a guitar solo. And we said back in that episode that Eddie Van Halen actually came out and said that it was the likes of, it was the likes of Heartbreaker and that Page solo that really inspired him to create a song like Eruption. So, I think it is a song. Um, it feels, I, mean, I, could, I couldn't at all, I'm not a guitarist, I, I couldn't speak as to whether he's improvising or not, but at the very least, we know that he wanted the audience's attention on his guitar. And that's not in a, an attention-seeking way. It's just the lead guitar and what he's doing on the guitar and this album is a hugely important instrument. Yeah. Now, with the song Heartbreaker, again, chat, uh, guys will put it in the playlist, um, that solo comes in the middle of a song. There are chances for other members to shine before and after the sh solo. Robert yeah. Plant's vocals, John Paul Jones' bass, Bonham on the drums. You could have started the album with Eruption. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> but my point like, is, is that the, the solo in Heartbreaker has come halfway through after a verse and a chorus, and after the solo comes another verse and a chorus. Yeah. Eddie wanted all their attention... The on the guitar for one song and that song is called Eruption and it's just guitar it is and it's, yeah. and it's and yeah I think they were totally aware that if people would remember them for one thing would be for that unique guitar sound yeah. and style yeah. right there's no one I, I mean uh, there's a few musicians that change the history of their instruments and, um, and Eddie's Le one of them surely exactly he was as important as Jimi Hendrix, in my opinion, for, for guitar. Because what Hendrix did, uh, until Jimi Hendrix, you, you had people uh, playing guitars, right? Uh, John Lennon was a guitar player. Mm. Uh, George Harrison, you know, uh, Eric Clapton. But those guys were still mostly songwriters, right? Although Clapton mm. kind of managed to stand out as a soloist. Yeah. But they were still like mainly songwriters playing guitar. Yeah. Uh, sorry for Clapton fans, I love him, but he was he is a songwriter for first and foremost. Yeah. And and a big fan of his solos, by the way. But I'm um, just saying that Eddie was like, oh, sorry, Hendrix was like, uh, okay, look at me, I'm playing guitar. Even if you don't like my vocals or or my melodies or my lyrics, I. You can still be really impressed by my guitar skills. So he was for me in rock music the first one to put the guitar 
on the spotlight. I'll say Chuck Berry first, okay? <laughs> Chuck Berry, because he was he was playing the riff and dancing with the guitar. So the image of guitar playing right from the beginning was Chuck Berry dancing, you know, the, yeah, walking yeah. around the stage, playing <clears throat> riffs that no one has heard before. And then you had Hendrix, right? So those two say, uh, Hendrix was like, come on, look at the guitar. And it's all about the guitar, the effects, the solos, the psychedelic uh, bits. And then Eddie Van Halen was like, okay, can we take this to another level? And it's a big jump that's, from Hendrix. That's really true because what you, you mentioned about Hendrix and the effects that he, of, of what he made yeah. his guitar sound like. Eddie Van Halen is doing stuff. And again, I just need to reiterate that we are not guitarists, so we can't speak to when the first notable use of sweet picking was. But at least in a, in a, in a broad... Uh, sense <laughs> in yeah. terms of on an album yeah, yeah. cemented in a piece of musical history Eddie Van Halen is pioneering and innovating these, these these guitar techniques that don't rely on the effects of a pedal yeah. the, the, the stuff you're hearing is him utilising the strings and the whammy bar of a guitar to a different extent so it's coming more out of the instrument than of the uh, yes it's, an, it's a furtherment and an, 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 uh, and an advancement of <laughs> that was a tongue twister isn't it yeah. and an advancement of guitar techniques yeah uh, it's yeah. brilliant and that's all demonstrated on Eruption so you want yeah, some yeah. shredding go listen to the tra second track Eruption yeah so so just mentioning um, he again um, he was he was bringing those advanced guitar techniques into accessible music yes yeah yeah. right so just to support that's, it, that's a great uh, point yeah. like long ago so I won't I won't remember the right words but I was reading this interview with David Gilmore you know you know some some music journalists they like uh, trying to make a musician criticize another one so they can get that perfect quote yeah, for yeah, the headlines or whatever yeah. so basically they were the, the, because Gilmore is famous for playing you know not many notes and make them sound great and you know like, like long notes with bends and shit and obviously the guy was trying to compare him to someone who plays in a completely different style and he's he asked Gilmore so what do you think about Eddie Van Halen you know it's not it doesn't play like you does it it's like, and he was like well you know what I'm a big fan I love him and he's a great guy and every time I listen to Van Haley I want to get up and dance. <laughs> so that was <laughs> Dave was talking about Van Haley. It's so, interesting though, the weird, the weird, we're talking about the sweet picking and the dive bombing and the shredding on the guitar and Gilmore's talking about how he wants to tap his feet and move his body. Yeah, because Gilmore's not into that kind of guitar playing yeah, anyway. Yeah, so he wouldn't listen to, see, even being a guitar player you don't have to listen to Van Haley because of the guitar, you just want to yeah. have a good time. Yeah. Uh, the next track you really got me is really interesting and you guys might remember when we did the Paranoid episode I was we had this discussion about Black Sabbath and whether or not they were metal um, through what I've learned and through reading quite a bit about musicology and the, and the history behind sort of certain genres you really got me as a song by the Kinks for those that don't know this is a cover on this album and the Kinks version uh, is pretty much the same as this but the riff from you really got me da 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 Da, 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 da. The Kinks version of that riff is supposedly, in musical history, is labelled as the first ever heavy metal riff. Uh, mm -hmm. I can't remember when the Kinks did it. It was, was it 64? 60s, yeah. Yeah, 64, 66 or something. Um, and we said to you the first heavy metal song, Helter Skelter by the Beatles, the first heavy metal lyrics, Painted Black by the Stones. Um, I just found it really funny and coincidental that yeah. in, a, in an album which has largely been accredited to innovating and pioneering this glam metal, pop metal, they do a cover 
of a song which is is classed as being the having the first heavy metal riff. No, but how important is that? Because uh, one one interesting thing in rock and roll is if a a new band recycles what the other bands have done. You know, I think it's important for rock history. How many rock fans got uh, got to know that song for the first time? Through Van Halen, yeah, I um, imagine Kings. loads. And then you go back and listen to the Kings. The Who recorded that song, I guess, as well. Really, they I think they did. did. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, I might be wrong. I'm, I'm pretty sure they did that. So, uh, so you go back and listen to that, and think, oh, all right, cool. Yeah. So that's a, that's a classic rock riff that you know people covered, and it was too heavy for the time. <laughs> so it's, it sounds to me like as, as if Eddie Van Halen was like, okay. How would they have done it today? Yeah, with the, yeah. With the the, the, the results, yeah, exactly. production, and with the new oh, guitar techniques that are coming up. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. So why not? But it's a dangerous territory to record a version of a song that is widely accepted anyway. Everyone That's loves point, it. Yeah. People who know that song could say, "Oh, that shit." But I don't think you can possibly criticize this no it's a brilliant it's cover just, I, I love the kings but yeah. this is a great cover it is uh, the, other, the, the thing to talk about that is um on this album there are actually a few examples of them in my opinion and i'm just completely guessing but look, right i'll take you to the tracks number three you really got me number five i'm the one and number 10 ice cream man now as we, we've just spoken about number three you really got me number five i'm the one I really hear like a Stevie Ray Vaughan sound in that song. Ooh, Just that well, shuffle, that's really the country kind of vibes, but quite heavy with the distorted guitar, yeah. right? Track number 10, Ice Cream Man, is a cover of a blues song by a guy called John Brim. Yeah. And that is obviously a blues cover. Yeah, yeah. You basically, if what I'm saying is what happened, you've got Van Halen paying homage and saying thank you to the Kinks, who were pop in the 60s. No, I'm not saying Stevie Ray Vaughan, but music of that nature, the kind yeah. of heavy country music, yeah. and blues with Ice Cream Man. Yeah. Yet we've got an album which is almost definitely hard rock and could be considered glam metal. Yeah. So paying homage to blues, country, and pop. Yeah. In yeah. an album. In 1978. In 1978. Punk was big. Exactly. So I just, yeah. I just thought that was really interesting that three of the 11 songs. They do are have not... a reference to punk, atomic punk. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly, yeah, track seven. Yeah, yeah. I just found it interesting that, 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 that all other, um, here's my maths is terrible, all other eight tracks have a consistency of genre, whatever yeah. you want to label yeah, it yeah. glam metal, hard rock, classic rock, whatever, they're all consistent. Whereas those other blues. three, they just, yeah. they're just a bit different, aren't they? I just yeah, found yeah. that quite interesting. Yeah, it is. It's like, yeah, uh, it is. It's interesting that you, you kind of, uh, uh, again, recycling, let's put it like Yeah, yeah. You're, going, you're showing people where music came from. You've got to think that before Google and YouTube and all that stuff, um, sometimes you would only have access to what is trendy, you know. Yeah. Someone released an album, everyone's talking about it, go and buy it. Where does that come from? And if the band, that album, if they recorded a cover yeah it makes you immediately think oh wait a minute they didn't write that one so oh i can i can figure out where they came from by just listening to the original version of that song it's not like it wasn't as as simple as just going on, on spotify or, or, or yeah i'll just find google it, yeah. and so you know who wrote that and, and uh, but you know uh so yeah they are looking to the past you know yeah. and acknowledging 
the, so, the importance of those things. How many but times also, have we said this about yeah. Sabbath playing the blues in their first album, Zeppelin playing the blues in their first album? You well, know, the blues is everywhere. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah. I, I think we should do an episode about the blues because blues is rock and roll. But anyways, we'll get there. Is there a track you want to talk about next? I mean, I want to talk about my favourite thing in the whole album. Do it. Which one? Do you know what I like about rock music is when you have the one thing that you're not expecting at all. It's like, okay. wow, that's unpredictable. And although it's a guitar-based album, the vocals are great, etc. Uh, Alex Van Halen is one of my favorite drummers, really fantastic player. My favorite part of the whole album is the two vocals, and I'm the one. Oh yeah, towards the end, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, with the jazz hi hats. I can't. Remember, how does the rhythm go? Sing it. What? I've I got on there. I listened to it yesterday. I, 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 I want there to sing it. It's like, so, but it just the song breaks down. It's like other I remember. It's Babshua, 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 and then the harmony comes in Babshua, Babshua. Yeah, out of nowhere on this hard rock album, you get some doo wop just just for thirty seconds though. But doesn't it make it? Doesn't it make it so different? It makes it fresh. Again, I imagine maybe that came up as a joke. And obviously, if you listen to that hi hat, that's pure like. Uh, jazz swing hi-hats yeah. and it, it plays it's a simple pattern but the way he plays it it shows that Alex Van Haley has enough knowledge of that style yeah. to play it to that standard no, and right, to yeah. fit into a song that has nothing to do with that genre or not directly so I think uh, just one thing about not about the song but about the album in general what they take it to an extreme level that song by adding <laughs> the warp vocals and the harmonies but one thing that they do all the time and I think I've heard it in at least half of the songs now is to after a really loud chorus and really powerful section of the song they bring the dynamics down yeah they, they do that on Ain't Talking About Love they, they the, do the, the use of really dynamics on that song is fantastic yeah there's one part of you really got me it's pretty much just drums and vocals I guess like really feels quiet. like the third verse yeah, yeah. it all drops out it's like, see yeah. don't ever let me be it's, yeah. yeah so nicely yeah um, I think the only other thing I really want to touch on, I mean, I, Jamie's Crying, I love that song. Um, see, I didn't know that my dad used to play this album to me when I was younger, and I remember tracks like Jamie's Crying, um, Running With The Devil, those are the only ones I remember, So, and I haven't listened to this in years, so when I heard it a few days ago for the episode, it was just wonderful, because it's a fantastic album. Um, again, just like I was alluding to at the start of the episode, I just want to touch a little bit on what it's done for sort of metal, because if you look at the track number 11 on Fire, you've got the metal riffs, the um, dark uh, chords used, they're quite minor, the chords, they take you to, they're very Sabbathy. the chords, even though the song isn't a Sabbath song. Um, the solo of On Fire is absolutely fantastic, um, and it's just, you know, another testament to Van Halen's fantastic uh, guitar playing. Atomic Punk, loads of guitar harmonics and dive bombs on there. Jamie's Crying is quite a heavy song as well. You know, the main riff is don't, 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 to Jamie's Crying. Despite the three-part harmony, which is so beautiful and poppy and accessible with that heavy rhythm by the bass and drums. Um, what this did and why this was so important is that this album essentially paved the way for modern metal and established a new direction it could go in. It, it, could, kind of, it could tell bands that, you know what, we don't need to be dark. We don't just need to sing about Satan. <laughs> you know, if, oh, yeah. if we're looking at Sabbath. Or you know, looking at you about Sabbath. Be, yeah, or we don't need to be uh, punk. No, yeah. Punk music is just, um, for me, it's such an interesting uh, um, part of rock history and it was so important and so 
connected to the reality of the time. Yeah, and they're the representing the people. But at the same time, I mean, 1978, where, where, when punk was big, you had Dire Straits yeah. doing something more uh, um, elaborate. And then you had uh, uh, Van Halen doing like really loud rock with loads of notes on guitar. So even though the, there's one genre that's dominating the scene at a certain point in time, doesn't mean that you can't do something different yeah. and still succeed. You could do something different and fail. Yeah. But it's not easy to not follow the trend and still deliver great results and achieve commercial success. Mm. So That's a really good point. Yeah. Um, I just think it's kind of... It's almost, it almost goes without saying and... Just to say that the likes... I, I cannot see a world where, without Van Halen, we still get the likes of Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses, Whitesnake. I just feel like Van Halen were that essential stepping stone from the likes of Sabbath, Zeppelin and Purple to get to where... To, to get to the accessibility, but still the heaviness of the likes of Whitesnake, Foreigner, Rat, Poison. You know, I feel like Van Halen were that catalyst... And the brothers, both of them, contributed for that. Um, right, as I said before, if you want to be a rock guitar player, you need to understand Chuck Berry, Jimi Hendrix, and Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. And I would say, if you only had time for three guitar players, you should go for those three. Mm -hmm. I'm not a guitar player, but... Uh, that's your opinion. Huh? But that's my opinion. Much, yeah. And if someone... Or, or let's say if you're a drummer, bass player, you want to understand what rock guitar is, start from those guys and try to analyze him because those were yeah. the big jumps. Chuck Berry brought the riff yep. to the guitar world for real, and then you had Hendrix taking the solos to another level, and yeah, then you have yeah. Eddie Van Haley doing both yeah, to yeah. a level that no one has done before. <laughs> it's true, and yeah, and and it's so, I mean. It's so good to listen to their music. It's so cheerful somehow. Mm, it is. It's, because it's, it's still got that poppy accessibility. I mean, the track number eight, Feel Your Love Tonight, that's the yeah. poppiest song on the album. Yeah. But it's not it's not it's not worse than the other songs because of that. You yeah. just want to sing along more. <laughs> yeah. It? It's all well played, isn't it? I I I wonder how long it took for them to record the album, because if they did live, it sounds like they kind of play a couple of gigs and recording them. Yeah, so. well you could. I mean, yeah, I don't know. That might be my favourite thing about the album is the fact that it sounds live and I didn't know it how is, they yeah. recorded until you brought the information. <laughs> so uh for me it's it's yeah, it's clear there's live. Yeah. Uh, I think we've actually touched on all the songs there. Is there anything else I'll, you wanna sort of finish with or, or I wanna, chat about? Uh I wanna mention one characteristic of Alex's Van Halen uh, drumming one of the most important things about rock drumming is is a solid backbeat with beats two and four you know when everyone should be clapping but <laughs> not always so one two three four you're clapping with this snare drum uh, he does something in a few songs in the album which is really cool which is what Roger Taylor from Wayne used to do he opens the hi-hat slightly Okay. to emphasize that so that is one example of his more detail of how careful he was with his drumming to make one small thing help the main groove yeah. you know to, to yeah. stand out and and although he plays some really complex patterns for the fills and stuff the grooves are straightforward and solid 
and you can say the same about about uh, Michael Anthony, the bass player. He, you know, he, he locks with that drum groove in, mm. in such a way. So as a band, they are phenomenal. Everyone is going to talk about how fantastic Eddie Van Halen is as a guitar player, how much he has contributed to the world of guitar. But my final consideration is, this is a great album to listen and dance to. And it's yeah, just really, really fun to listen to. It's hard in any way to disagree with that. I mean, <clears throat> what what I found myself doing was enjoying this. You know, I, I was singing along. You know, I hadn't heard "Feel Your Love" tonight for what? Well, my dad used to play it for me fifteen years ago, and yet when I listened to it the other day, I was like, "I just want to feel." I was singing along with it. At the same time, marvelling at Eddie Van Halen's sweet picking and shredding on the guitar. You, there's so much to take from this album, whether it's the, the unity of the harmonies in the vocals or the fantastic technique demonstrated on Van Halen's guitar playing, or the rhythm section. I've mentioned that a few times this episode, just yeah. constantly holding the groove the whole way through. It's just marvellous, man. Isn't it's it a like, fantastic album. Isn't it that you can have... Um, great musicians playing their parts really well, but that doesn't actually mean that the music coming out of it yeah. is going to be entertaining, right? Yeah, that's, that's and fair. Th yeah. And that's clearly what they wanted. They didn't want music to be appreciated in a way, oh, let me, you know, let me sit down, uh, drink my whiskey and, and, and analyse how good is the instrumental bits of it. No, they wanted people to have a good time. And I think yeah. they, they definitely achieved that. And it was a... Um, an important uh, milestone for, for rock music, wasn't it? Like yeah. it, it's, it does uh, uh, change everything that comes after it. So yeah. I feel like it was one of the most defining albums. I feel like this album, because of uh, how many people and bands and albums it influenced afterwards, I feel like looking back retrospectively, it was probably the album that told us what rock and roll was going to look like in the 80s. That's amazing. That it's is like great. Looking back on it now, this album was preparing us for what was to come in the 80s. Because, yeah, 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 yeah. Because the, the decades, they don't change like that. Oh, it's 79, then, oh, it's 1980, you know, everything changes. Yeah, no, yeah. The changes it's are gradually, coming. Yeah. yeah, gradually. And that's it. That's an album from the late 70s that actually explains what the <laughs> 80s. <laughs> yeah, that's like. a great way like, to put it. It's like, if you, you want to understand 80s uh, rock hard rock and glam rock listen to that album exactly yeah. yeah excellent I think there's a good place to leave it we've sort of spoken about all the songs um, it's just a brilliant album I mean go and listen to it it'll be in the playlist at the bottom of the show notes thanks for making me listen to this album again that's <laughs> right no it's fine thank you to my uncle for suggesting it and as, as we said at the start listeners email us if you want us to do any album or band and discuss it for an episode we will but we will uh, give priority to family members apparently <laughs> well, it's, we've only had Rumble Crest that's what it is okay. <laughs> Only did the first one. Um, I'll leave you with this quote um, from a Van Halen biographer called Greg Renoff, um, and it's a quote about the album. Uh, so, when rock fans dropped the needle on Van Halen, they didn't hear lengthy, self-indulgent jams or lumbering, doomy dirges. On the contrary, they heard a streamlined sonic assault that combined metal's power, energy, and virtuosity with shimmering pop sensibility. In doing so, they invented pop metal, radio-friendly, hard rock, catchy enough that it could sell millions in a musical climate that was flat-out hostile to the genre.
Oh, nice. Beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Quite metal heavy, as in I feel like more could be said for what it did for classic rock or pop. Yeah. But he summed it all up. That they've taken some elements of heavy music and interspersed it with accessible pop stuff. And it's a great album, isn't it? It is phenomenal. Excellent. Thank you very much for joining us on another episode, guys. We hope you've enjoyed this one as well. Um, show no- uh, playlist at the bottom of the show notes. Do the normal stuff. Like, subscribe, comment. Uh, Felipe, tell them where they can find us. You can find us on the internet. There we go. So see you somewhere on the internet. That's how you can get in contact with us. Not somewhere. Everywhere. (laughs) Via the internet. If there is a platform, we're going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So, and if we should be somewhere else on the internet, let us know. Yeah. (laughs) Excellent. Well, thank you very much for joining us, guys. Um, Yeah. um, Bring the levels up to 11 whenever possible and keep on rocking. (laughs) And as usual, long live rock and roll.